The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Christian, Jason, Ian. Three heroes searching for the answers to trivial questions you never really asked. Together, they are Trivial Titans. Now, get ready for another action-packed trivial episode. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this election special of Trivial Titans, where we will talk all about the best and worst politicians from the fictional world. I am joined by my panel of experts. First, to my right, the obsidian water-haired Adonis, that is Jason Freeman. Hello, Jason. Good day, sir. Good day, yes. Are you... Are you... Are you ready to talk all things political? Yes. And to my left, a man that needs no introduction, it's Christian R. Allen. And I've always wondered, what does the R stand for, Christian? Uh, Reichstag. Delightful. Let's drop that pretense thing now. <laughs> what well, pretense? We're not going to talk all the way through the podcast. Like serious, strong voices. And the exit poll reveals that Ian is the worst host in the history of podcasts. Oh, well, I say objection. <laughs> I say bully. 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 <laughs> I call for shenanigans. But no confidence. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello everyone. Welcome to Trivial Titans. Where, yes, you can kind of guess because this episode is going out on the day of the UK general election of 2019. Ooh. We are doing a special look at the best and worst fictional politicians, and also <laughs> we will also be talking about characters we think would make excellent politicians as well. So yes. let's open the barge up a little bit there. But uh, yes, hello, and um, yeah, uh, I think the the easiest way to sum it up is uh, politics for. In our country at the moment is a well it's a bit of a depressing state it, it's a dumpster fire mate so big old <laughs> pile of wank <laughs> i would gladly vote for the big old pile of wank party right now listen ladies and gentlemen all things uh, all jokes aside we are pretty jokey guys but it is very very important that you use your votes the world is going to be changing the country is going to be changing and it's up to you to decide where it's going to go so exercise that right to vote because if you don't vote you don't get to complain no, you have absolutely no voice. Here, 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 here. And yes, that's our little little mini soapbox moment of the episode and out of the way. We've the lost all our viewers. Viewers, people that's are watching us. That's why we have none. <laughs> good save. Good save. Good save. That was a good save. I, I didn't want to interrupt Jason's serious moment, but there was a big fat squirrel out on the patio. Squirrel! Squirrel! Oh, why are we talking about, about politics? That's bullshit. Squirrels are more important. A squirrel might come back. If if that's the case, I might shout squirrel. Ex- oh, okay. For context. <laughs> for context. <laughs> so, may, may I ask, because I, I wasn't quite sure when you, you sent this question to me, when you say best and worst fictional politicians, do you mean as in. Best as in their ability to act as politicians, or the worst as in are they bad politicians, or do you mean like worst as in evil? Or I think you can. I think it's open to interpretation because um, I've got a list of people who are really good, good political uh, characters in fictional stuff. Yeah, and then there are people who are really terrible at it. Yeah, as well. So, say for example, worst. Worst politician, absolutely, 100% is Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, you you call him bad, but he does win. A lot. He is electorally successful. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, in terms of his performance as a civic leader, he is f***ing dreadful. (laughs) 
I mean, I do love the fact that the Mayor Grimby character basically started off as a, a sort of like a, a jokey JFK impersonation. Yeah, and Just yeah, evolved yeah. into this embezzling, corrupt, adultery, adulterating nightmare. Because I remember the episodes like when they did the Radioactive Man thing and he just kept coming up with different taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 there, there is a, a, a leaving tax. That was the worst <laughs> I know. impersonation I've ever heard in my life. I know. Uh, I was going to say, keeping yeah. keeping Matt groaning. I was going to say, I was going to say from Futurama, a very good evil politician, Richard Nixon. I am <laughs> Monocrook. <laughs> it, it's nice to know that he had the redemption arc, which we didn't see in Frost Nixon. <laughs> Frost out. Nixon was a good film. Oh, it's a very good movie. Absolutely, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the. It's it's definitely up there with the deal as uh, two of the. Have you ever seen The Deal? Is that the P- Peter Morgan or Pete yeah, Morgan? Yeah, yeah, um, no, Steve Morgan. Uh, Steve what? That corner! That corner! <laughs> Who wrote The Deal? Starring Michael Sheen and David Morrissey. Tappity, tappity, tap. Peter Morgan! No, Peter I was Morgan. right! You were correct. Yes, very good movie. Watch it. Uh, but yeah, that's generally where I thought the uh, this episode could go this this time out. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, one down, one down. So, one down. I mean, I've already ticked off Mayor Quimby, at least, so... Would anyone like to like to advance on a terrible politician from the fictional world or a good one? Well, my my first pick is an uh, effectively terrible politician mm. called Francis Urquhart from the '90s adaptation of the House of Cards trilogy. Not the Netflix one. Not the Netflix oh, version. I mean, the Netflix version is interesting. It's very popular. Obviously, <laughs> it stars he who shall not be named. <laughs> yes. Um, but the original BBC version is a lot better because in the American remake, it follows a Machiavellian politician called Frank Underwood, a Georgian politician who basically uh, brutally makes his way to the seat of the president um, by destroying as many lives as humanly possible. Um, in the American remake, he's a fug. In the British original version, he's played by a wonderful actor who recently passed away called Ian Richardson, um, who is deliciously evil. I mean, it's very charismatic. It's almost, it's quite, it's very Richard III in some respects. He continuously breaks the fourth wall and talks to you, the viewer, and explains his diabolical plot to become prime minister. Yeah. And at no point do you really, you watch him doing these incredibly awful things, and I won't go into too much details in case anyone wants to watch it. But you kind of you're with him for the whole journey. You want to see him succeed. And it's it's only towards the end where his crimes start escalating. You you sort of realise how you almost feel culpable in his acts of crime, um, acts of um, immorality. Um, as he spoiler alert, because it's obvious <laughs> he eventually becomes prime minister. Uh, <gasps> I know, but it's it, it's it's wonderfully enjoyable. But that you just have to step out and realise just how evil this character is. I mean, his main motivation is he just wants to become Prime Minister one day longer than Margaret Thatcher was Prime Minister. <laughs> uh, the first episode opens with him holding Thatcher's photograph and basically in a soliloquy to the audience says, even the greatest, even the most powerful leaders eventually fall when he closes the, closes the photograph. And by an amazing coincidence, Thatcher resigned shortly after that episode was broadcast. Oh, wow. Like within 24 hours. <laughs> so there are many people who suspect that she had actually watched it and thought that was the final influence. Yeah, that's the nail in my coffin. Yeah. In fact, the series was written by a chap called Michael Dobbs, who was one of her um, secretaries. Uh, and, um, oh, Squirrel! 
Squirrel! I saw the squirrel. And um, he's on the fence. Yes. Uh, picking up my microphone. He's on the fence. I can't see. There he is. <laughs> this is riveting radio, guys. Oh, and he's gone. <laughs> But um, if you do get the chance, uh, the BBC recently uh, remastered the series using the original film elements and released it on Blu-ray, and it looks gorgeous. Mm. Um, and you could probably pick it up on uh, on popular. I think it's also on Netflix. Oh, is it? Oh, if it's on Netflix, go and watch it now. Um, House of Cards. The second series is very good because um, it's Francis Urquhart as evil prime minister taking on King Charles the <laughs> Third. Um, yes. Uh, and the third series is him dealing with uh, a lot of the crimes he committed before becoming prime minister, all the, all the sort of terrible things coming up to the surface and how he deals with them. Ah, right. And the fascinating thing about the series is no matter how Richard III-esque and over-the-top his crimes are, there's an element of believability to the series you, you, uh, which sort of grounds, grounds it as a viewer. Like you okay. it, it never comes across as silly, uh, which is actually more terrifying in some respects. But um, yeah, it, it definitely watch it over the American version. The American version is, it's not as enjoyable and it's a bit ugly. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I mean, I had been, I was aware of the original House of Cards show. I mean, I've watched bits of the oh. first series, the first series of the next Netflix version. Just another a great little touch. Francis Urquhart's nickname in the press is "Fu." <laughs> <laughs> it's just a delightful, <laughs> it's a delightful little joke all the way through. Like, uh, but you you know who I who I like who I think is a good good leader of people so, so a good as in a good a good leader a good leader a good leader Go he's a it. he's a president who's just minding his own business on his air force one and then gary oldman turns up to cause <laughs> trouble and like usual as usual because gary oldman just wants to turn up and cause trouble wherever he is in order to get his oscar which he now has so he doesn't cause trouble playing a real leader yes exactly uh, getting uh, darkest hours darkest actually not a bad film i didn't like it Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was very condescending to working class people, right. and I thought, and I thought it was very. It turned the most one of the more interesting episodes in this country's political uh, history into a really pedestrian, um, boring, just about like amateurish play. However, Gary Oldman was excellent. Okay, and he, and <laughs> he basically saved the film and deserved that Oscar absolutely. But without him, it would have been even worse. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that was where I was kind of going because, yeah, I when you talk about it, like, yeah, I don't remember much about the film apart from Gary Oldman just being it's Winston just Gary Churchill Oldman being perfect. As yeah. Winston Churchill. But you but you know but you know who's good as well. It's Harrison Ford as <laughs> President Marshall from Air Force One because you know what? When people get on his plane and they're not supposed to be on there, he just goes, "Get off my plane!" I thought he said, "Show me your ticket." Oh my! Show me your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a ticket. Oh. Didn't, didn't have a ticket. Oh no! I'm, I'm crossing my Harrison Ford. No! <laughs> I've got an example of a terrible one. Go okay. for it. Go for okay. it. Okay. My example of a terrible politician is the one and the only M. Bison. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because he's, yeah. he's technically a warlord, but he's also a technically, technically a, a political a leader as well. A political yeah. leader of Shadowloo. Shadowloo. That's that's how how is their economy right now? I mean, invest in some bison dollars. Bison dollars. Once they have successfully (laughs) captured the queen, is each bison dollar is worth five (laughs) British pounds? Of course. No, 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 no. no, no. No, Five British British pounds. pounds. (laughs) Is it is it true that he was on so much medication that he was the the whole film was basically like a fever dream for the poor chap? I don't uh, he, is, he was sick as all hell, yeah. and he kind of just took the role for his kids. Yeah, apparently, like his kids were like big fans of Street Fighter, and he just like 
was like, yeah, sure, okay, fine, I'll do this last one. Um, I mean, he, in he, my heart, he, he will always be Gomez Adams, the suavest man. See, Gomez should have become a politician. Oh, absolutely. He would have restored credibility to the great office, um, officers of state if he had been involved in politics. Oh, he absolutely. wouldn't have because he has, you know, <laughs> he has character well, yeah, and integrity. But M. Bison, terrible politician. <laughs> Bison dollars is like, I'm just going to create a currency. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> your currency. I'm going to make my own. It's perfectly fine. And uh, and yeah, I'm just going to kidnap the queen. And um, <laughs> I completely forgot you wanted to kidnap yeah. the queen. It's going to be perfectly fine, guys. It's going to take. It's going to take it all over. It's the it's the least implausible element of the film, to be honest. <laughs> but the, but the thing that I absolutely love about the Bison character in Street Fighter is just <laughs> the. It's just like I'm not doing this for evil. But for good, <laughs> Bisontopia will be, or Bisonopolis will be the first of many. I mean, to be, f- I mean, obviously it's it's trash. It's absolutely <laughs> it's trash. Absolute trash. The best, it's so the memorable. Best, the best villains think they're the heroes, and yeah. a lot of the corrupt politicians portrayed in fiction definitely fall into that category. Um, or to Bison, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. No, no, no. This is the point where I get to do my impression. Can I do my impression? Yes. Okay, all right. I'm really sad. I wanted to fight Colonel Guile on the battlefield. Mano e mano. <laughs> For you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day in your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Now do it as Winston Churchill. <laughs> I could do it as I could do it as Arnie, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll do it as you. For you, <laughs> the day that Churchill graced... His presence in your village. I've forgotten the word. It's Alan Rickman. It, it, that was Alan Rickman. Was Alan Rickman. Let me do Snape. Sorry, let me do it. <laughs> I'll try and do Arnie. Go on. For you, <laughs> the day Bison graced your village was the most important day in your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. I've got to interject here. We've gone on to Arnie. And I've got to go on to <laughs> one of the best jokes of the Simpsons movie. Is President Schwarzenegger. Oh my God. <laughs> I was elected to lead, not to read. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. <laughs> I ju- I ju- the, the fact that they just kept it as Rainier Wolfcastle <laughs> as well. I was President Schwarzenegger. Yes, that, that is, is me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Such a g- Oh, if we're going to go on to effective yet evil poli- a fictional politicians, speaking of The Simpsons, Hank Scorpio. Oh, Honestly, he's not. He's, but he's not really a scorpion. He's not really a politician. He's yes, a he, businessman. He becomes a dictator. Oh he yes, he takes over the entire. Is it the East Coast? He takes <laughs> over, <laughs> <laughs> and then gives Homer the Denver Broncos. Yes, oh, oh, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the actor who plays the voice? Oh, actor? Albert Brooks. Thank you, Albert Brooks. He um, the reason why he plays the dastardly um, government official in the Simpsons movie is because that was originally meant to be Hank Scorpio. But they realised early on during production that Hank Scorpio wouldn't be such a dick to Homer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they had to That's a good Homer. point. So they he had loved Homer. Because I, I, when, when they announced the movie, I thought, oh, perfect. Hank Scorpio would definitely come back for that. Because Hank Scorpio needs to... Come back. La- last last week we had an episode about reboots. And yeah. We should have, there should be a Simpsons reboot where it's just Hank Scorpio. Just Scorpio! <laughs> <laughs> But um, yes, I, I, would, I would give Scorpio. I, I'd gladly let him dictate my country. Yeah, I think he would get us out of this, mate. I'd Do you have your own hammock? He's pro hammock. There'd be <laughs> unlimited cream. He's pro hammock. <laughs> He's pro hammock. hammock. We'll go down to Mary's hammock shop on the corner of Hammock Street. <laughs> oh god! If you want to enjoy that 
more so, just to get a DVD and watch the episode rather, or just listen to Ian on repeat quoting The Simpsons. Yeah. It's the same thing at the same yeah. age, really, isn't it? Well, you can you can watch The Simpsons now. I've on Disney I've, Plus. Gotten to, I've gotten to the point where I have colleagues at work where I can communicate exclusively in Simpsons quotes and still function as members of, of staff. Like we can actually <laughs> get each other's work done. It, it's it's kind of terrifying. It's like a second language in some respects, mm-hmm. but I don't have to learn French. So, yep. uh, <laughs> je m'appelle Simpsons fan. <laughs> so I, I like fictional politicians who are a bit crap and do nothing really. I mean, my hero, as everyone listening should know by now, was the Doctor. Mm. And the Doctor's actually been president of Gallifrey twice and on both occasions just kind of gave up the role. Or, or, or second occasion almost immediately. Zayford Beeblebrox from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy also comes to mind. As like it's, it, people forget, Zayford Beeblebrox is the president of the, the galaxy. <laughs> yes. well, the galaxy of the universe. I'm not sure actually. He's like uh, fact check, fact check, fact check, fact check, fact check. Corner. We need a jingle for that. Yes. When we need to go to fact check, <laughs> fact check corner. Fact check corner. Tell us all the facts. He only really he only became president in order to steal the starship heart of gold, or, or he decided there and then he would take it. There is intense action uh, going on in fact check corner. Gal- galactic president. Ah, galactic president. Galactic he is president. he is the best bang since the big one. <laughs> Invented with the Pangalactic Gargoyle Blaster, wasn't it? Uh, yes, the Pangalactic Gargoyle Blaster, um, which I believe is... Uh, oh, yes, here we go. The alcohol- alcoholic equivalent of a mugging. Expensive <laughs> and bad for the head. The effective one is like having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. So that's the kind of politician we need. <laughs> like, we all need a Zayford Beeblebrox. That's what we need. But I could probably do one just slightly left field and still on Earth on. in a future time. Yeah. How about President Dwayne Elonzo, Mountain Dew Herbert Comancho from Idocracy? Oh my! <laughs> Mike judges uh, yes, Idocracy. Yes. I, I, yeah. His costume is incredible, <laughs> and it's Terry Crews. It's Terry <laughs> Crews. I mean, you, you wouldn't not vote for Terry <laughs> Crews. Apologies for the double negative. Espe- <laughs> as, as, especially if it's all about the Mountain Dew. Right, so talking about titles there, and I'm actually going to have a little. Little tiny tiny breakaway um, to talk about a real life uh, politician. Okay, the fascist dictator Idi Amin. Yes. Now, for those of you who don't know, Idi Amin is a fascist uh, fascist dictator in Africa, um, Uganda, wasn't it? From Uganda, exactly, where my family actually comes from. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware, he's absolutely batshit crazy. And towards the end of his life, just kept on giving himself more titles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh a- no! I'm aware of one of the titles he gave himself, which, which was. The last king of Scotland. The last king of Scotland, absolutely. He also declared himself... I'm going to read out the entire oh, title. please do. Right here, right now. His full self-bestowed title ultimately became His Excellency, President for Life, Field Marshal Al-Haji, Dr. Idi Amin, Dada, VC, DSO, MC, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the sea and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. You know, so the element is the in particular part of the title. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> just in particular. In particular, <laughs> in addition to his officially stated claim of being the uncrowned king of Scotland, he never received the uh, DSO or the military cross. He conferred a doctorate of law on himself, <laughs> as well as the victorious cross, a medal made to emulate the British Victoria Cross. <laughs> the thing I love about the king of the fish is that you know Uganda. He, <laughs> you know, it was a landlocked country, right? Yeah. He was like, he declared himself admiral. 
Lord of all the fish. Lord of all the, the fish. <laughs> Is it quite interesting actually? Because there was a fictional version of Edie. I mean, it may, it, it's interesting. It was um, it was on a radio series that was portrayed by a small white English comedian called John Bird. And um, he played Idi Amin. And the impersonation... Well, it's interesting because the impersonation is not... It's not caricature at all. It's actually a very accurate impersonation of Idi Amin. And the entire point of the series is mocking this incredibly cruel human being. I mean, he was nasty. I mean, um, bloodthirsty, murderous dictator. And a cannibal. Yes, uh, that is rumoured to Mm -hmm. be true. (laughs) That he ate his enemies. He kept the heads of decapitated political enemies in his freezer. Yes. And he said that human flesh was generally too salty for his tastes. Yep. Um, the mutilation of one of his wives was popularised by the 1980 film Rise and Fall of Idi Amin. Um, but oui. that uh, mutilation of one of his wives was also alluded to in The Last King of Scotland, uh, which earned uh, Forrest Whitaker an Academy Award for Best Actor for his portrayal of Idi Amin. Yeah, he, he did. He was very good in that yeah, film. breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. But, I mean, the, the John Bird um, fictionalised version of Idi Amin is genuinely hilarious and terrifying. It's just an interesting question whether or not it's problematic because it's a, a white comedian. I mean, this is the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to it today, it's clear that the target of satire is this one individual, not African people per se. Mm. Um, but I, it definitely probably wouldn't happen today. But mm-hmm. it, it's still available. It's, it's still in, it's still pressed. There was an album released called... Um, the uh, amazing man Idi Amin, or words to that effect. Yeah, the yeah, Idi yeah. Amin si- sings throughout, and um, there's this brilliant line where he decides to um, what he has a quartet of uh, singing girls behind him. Yeah, and <laughs> Idi Amin goes, "I won't do the impersonation," but he basically says, um, "You're crowding the star," and he shoots one of them. And th- that's the best line I've ever heard in the history of music. Three people enough for quartet, anyhow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's very fighting. Um, I mean, with this little conversation about Amin just now, I'm kind mm-hmm. of wondering, have there been any interesting fictional representations of actual politicians in films and TVs that are quite more... Well, when m- you say fictional, do you mean heavily fictionalised or do you mean maybe like dramatic ma- adaptations ma- of ma- real life? Wait, so, you're maybe about, wait so, so you're asking if there are decent... Portrayals of fictional politicians. No, decent portrayals of real politicians in fictional, if that makes sense. You're telling me that M. Bison isn't real? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because obviously we, we've talked about John Bird doing his historical thing, because I was kind of thinking along the same lines. It's very, very recent, but Stephen Colbert produced um, Our Cartoon President, okay, which is a series, I think it's had about two series now on Showtime in the US, but basically it's an animated show just following the misadventures of Donald Trump. How do you satirise a man who is a walking satire of himself? That is the great mystery <laughs> that... Drive. I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i got the first series on DVD, and it is, it, it's quite funny at times, because yeah. you, ju- you just kind of just go, that sounds incredibly like something that Trump would probably do, mm. in that sense. There's nothing Trump could do that surprises me in this day and age. I think I'd become totally desensitized <laughs> to Donald bloody Trump. But I think, but then you kind of look at, um, no, look at things like the thick of it. And the thick of it kind of, it takes the, re- it takes the real parties, but it's still kind of... Yeah, well, Malcolm Tucker himself is allegedly based on Alistair Campbell. And yeah. it, it's interesting, if you can dig on the internet, you can find interviews between Amanda Iannucci, the writer yeah. of um, uh, The Thick of It, and Alistair Campbell. And uh, it's interesting, Campbell seems, uh, I think he's a bit reluctant to acknowledge the fact this character is as great as he is. Peter Capaldi as Malcolm Tucker, the sweariest character in the history of any BBC project. Mm. 
In fact, I was really, I was really surprised it was cast the doctor because I thought, well, I'm, if the amount of children are going to find clips of, uh, well, you're about to censor all this, but you're fucking, fucking it's, it's endless. It's like, oh, I can make you a cake. <laughs> hey, you can have the words fifty bye. Such great dialogue. In fact, same on the same subject. A really good film that came out last year that kind of went under the radar by Amanda Anichi was The Death of Stalin. Yes. And it's, it's very, very, it's, very it's good. interesting because uh, some people were upset that it was a comedy depicting a very dark time in Russia's history. These uh, mass murders, the, these portrayals, the gulags, and, you know, the... Um, the terrible plight of the Russian people under Stalin, but again, l- like the Idi Amin uh, satires by John Byrd, it was, it's quite clear that the the subject being attacked and mocked is Stalin and his crony, uh, cronies. Yeah, right. Um, right. And in fact, is, is it Stalin's death? Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The the more ridiculous elements of the film, the more comedic. Um, uh, surreal elements of the film are apparently are based more on history, historical accuracies than at the other parts of the film. For the film opens up with this concert being played by Radio Moscow, and the, the director of the station gets a phone call from Stalin saying, I want to listen to a copy of the performance that you just uh, broadcast. And he goes, Of course, of course, I'll, we'll get it to you straight away. Puts the phone down. Where are we recording that? No. Oh. <laughs> Panic gets the guards to lock the people back into the room, the audience down. Get, and basically the plan is they'll re-record <laughs> <laughs> the performance <laughs> they just gave. But the conductor's so nervous that he passes out and bangs his head on a fire extinguisher. And so they have to send um, the Red Army out to find the, uh, the next best conductor in Moscow. <laughs> they drag him, but they drag him out as um, the troops are going around rounding up Stalin's enemies. Right. And so this poor conductor thinks he's about to be sent to the gulag. Oh, no. And then he has, there's this beautiful moment where he looks to his wife and they just know. And then it's a knock on the door and it's like, we need you to uh, perform for us now. <laughs> <laughs> and so they recreate it, get the record to Stalin. And I'm watching this in the cinema laughing my ass off, thinking this is just, it, and it's filmed in the same style as the thick of it. Absolutely, yeah, it yeah. is. And I'm just, this is crazy. I'm, I'm glad they, that's really funny. I wonder, I wonder how they invented that. I mean, Amanda Iannucci is such a brilliant satirist. Oh, that actually happened. Everything mm. in that scene happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I think wow. That, I think that's a credit to him as a, a satirist because you look at these situations, you look at things like The Death of Stalin, you look at things like uh, The Thick of It, and you look at things like Veep as well. Mm. And you could look at that and just go, you know what? That probably is what is happening. <laughs> well, there was that weird period where the Conservative Party <laughs> several years ago were announcing policies. Well, was it like a day before the same policies were announced on the thick of it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a, a regular occurrence to the point where people were starting to politicians were starting to quote the thick of it in Parliament. Oh God! Omni shambles. Omni shambles. <laughs> <laughs> A term that originated from the thick of it started being used in Parliament. It's just absolutely... B- it's just, this is crazy. I mean... <laughs> I really want to re-watch it now. The thick of it. Thick of it gets better on repeated viewing. Mm. I mean, it's... Because it's the, fir- the first series is a bit odd because obviously they had, I think, was it Chris Langham? As, yes, as the late, I mean then Chris Langham got involved in some... Uh, right, he was issues. Yeah, he was infe- um, convicted for download. I think it was downloading underage porn. Yeah. Um, so he was basically wiped out from the series, and they kind of rebooted with um, the um, uh, Rebecca Font, Rebecca Font character, yeah, and she is hilarious in it. She's just like she is the stereotypical 
okay-ish six deer, out of ten politician. Who's deer in the headlights most of the time. Yes. Yes, inadvertently being caught up in all these terrible, terrible things. Because they had something, they had something similar with Tom Hollander in uh, in the Loop, yes. where, where he's like the poor candidate in the middle of it all about about the war dossier and stuff like that. And they're going to say, "Oh, it's perfectly fine. It's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy. No, it's going to be difficult, difficult lemon <laughs> difficult." <laughs> it's like when you see a train, you say, "Train, get out of the way! There's a fucking train coming through." <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, in in the loop is a wonderful, wonderful little spin-off to think of it. Um, and James Gandolfini is great in it as well. He's that wonderful line. Where he oh yeah, it's like, like Malcolm th- Tucker. Like, does he call him English? Yeah, and he goes, "Don't you ever fucking call me English again." <laughs> to which James Gandolfini is like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "Are we gonna have a tea party?" It's like we're gonna have a meeting in the tea party. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't watched it, I think it's probably on demand streaming some uh, on various platforms. Just buy it on Blu-ray. You're, it's you, very it, cheap. You, as well. you won't be disappointed. I mean, it's a Mandy Anucci. I mean, the thick of it is a wonderful series, but I I think the best British comedy and. Inv- to depict politics is actually Yes Minister and its um, sequel, Yes Prime Minister, which is not so much about the main MP it follows, which is Jim Hacker MP, who is basically, he's the normal kind of medium-grade minister who no one in the country really knows about unless you're like a political journalist. Mm. But he's one of the, he, he's, he's, he's basically above, he's, no, he's average, he's an average politician. Mm. Um, but he has ideas. And it's up to the civil service to stop him. Uh, so James, basically, James Hacker becomes a minister, and he has a lot of ideas. And immediately, his permanent secretary, uh, Sir, sorry, the permanent secretary, Sir Humphrey Appleby, played deliciously by Nigel Holterfawn, um, spends his entire time stopping him from doing anything that will rock the boat. Basically, because <laughs> the, the whole premise of the series is politicians are temporary. They may have ideas, but they're not the civil service. They're the ones who really operate yeah. government. They're the ones gotcha. who act, and they're the ones who, f- who, you know, who are there the longest. And it's it's a fascinating dynamic. It's very it's very funny. Um, it, it's interesting how the tables churn, turn when, spoiler alert, James Hacker finds himself inexplicably becoming prime minister. Uh, <laughs> but then again, he's now constrained by things beyond its control, such as, such as uh, various domestic issues and foreign policy. But um, I, I do, it's not as, you can watch Yes Minister with your family. You can't watch Thick of It with your family, <laughs> with young children. Yeah. Not that I'm sure many young children were particularly interested in Yes Minister, to be honest. I don't know. I was a weird 10-year-old. I liked it. Uh, but um, yeah, it is, it's were very you part, good. Were you part of a debate society or anything? When no, you were I wasn't. I, th- I think... He, I was, a, he was a master debater. <laughs> you hesitate. You hesitate on what button to hit there. I'll, you still say you hesitate. It's weird because that's the same noise Jason makes whenever he actually masturbates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's actually when I ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> that's the noise when you ejaculate, surely. <laughs> uh, um, any adv- any more advances on uh, p- fictional politicians, whether they be good or bad? Uh, I mean, there's some, there's some generally terrifying ones. I mean, I, re- I mean, well Animal Farm. By George Orwell, which I, I do recommend reading. It's um, it's it's interesting how it um, it regurgitates. Well, it's it's a, it's almost a, it's a fictional adaptation of every bloody revolution that's ever existed. Mainly the Russian Revolution of 1917, the October Revolution, but there's elements of the French Revolution in there as well. But it's through pres- presented through the frame of a fable where it's animals on a farm, 
obviously, rise up against the uh, bourgeoisie humans. And um, their leader is a pig called Napoleon, who is basically, uh, he's, more star- he's a Stalin-like figure. And watching him, the pig, slowly become more human, more anthropo- anthropomorphized, yeah. um, <laughs> develop these traits which belong to the humans that were originally oppressing them. And, yeah. and Napoleon himself becoming the oppressor is generally quite terrifying. It's a really, really, really amazing story. Um, I, re- I remember seeing it in school, uh, sort of animated version of it, and it was, it was, it blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. I, th- I, th- I think anyone, anyone who has a sort of nostalgic sense for communism, <laughs> <laughs> anyone <laughs> who misses those old days, should probably read Animal Farm because <laughs> it's it's the it's not good. People were prisoners. People were treated abhorrently. Um, because there are two actually two versions of Animal Farm at the moment. There's the 1954 one, which is probably the one we probably all yes, saw. The, the when diff- we the, the my only criticism, the, the animation is gorgeous, but the my criticism of the n- it has a happy ending, which the original novel doesn't. Yep. In, in the animated um, Animal Farm, Napoleon is overthrown. Mm. Um, when in the original novel, Napoleon asserts himself as the dictator for life. Yeah. And... It's, it's kind. Of, it just undermines its message. I feel. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> kids, kids can't take sad endings, can they? There isn't. There is a, a nineteen ninety nine version of really? Animal Farm, I which think is that might have been the one I saw. Um, oh really? Are you sure you're not mixing it up with Babe? Where you <laughs> have uh, Kelsey Grammer, Ian Holm. Oh uh, really? Mm, yeah. No. Then maybe Babe mine was it? Pete Possefway. Kelsey Grammer's voice. Patrick Stewart as Napoleon in that one. No, definitely uh, not the one I saw. No, no. But I, t- I tell you, a, l- a little. Side trivia from me. Uh, I had seen it, and then soon after that, Farmville became very popular. <laughs> and uh, I remember the last thing I ever did on Farmville was I segregated every single other animal I had into the tiniest little <laughs> fence that I could. <laughs> and then I put the one pig in the biggest field possible <laughs> with one sign that said, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. <laughs> and I never loaded the game up again after that. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's... That's, wor- that's worrying that's if that's what you have. That's, <laughs> that's one level up from putting someone in the pool in Sims <laughs> and removing the bloody ladder. I mean, like <laughs> oh, wow. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder how they're doing now. <laughs> wow. But wow. Uh, yeah, it's very... Um, Oh, speaking of Doctor Who, because I mentioned the Doctor being a politician, the master was Harold Saxon. Oh, yeah, John Sims. You don't get that because you didn't watch it. He will knock 13 times. No, (laughs) it was the sound of drums. The master was going mad because he had the sound of drums in his head. Ah. What I loved about Harold Saxon, the master, was it was so obviously based on Tony from Blair. <laughs> like <laughs> Russell T. Davies, he dropped a few I hate Tony Blair moments in the series. What I liked about the master is he's basically used a... Sci- the science fiction explanation is that everyone... He had sort of a psychic projection across the planet which made people just like him. So people, people asked, oh, who are you voting for? Oh, Howard Saxon. Why do you like him? I just do. Well, think about it. I don't know. I just, I just like him. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's kind of, that's how the dark charisma of politicians kind of actually works. I mean, I may be, <laughs> may be a little bit too cynical towards our electorate right now, but it, it does feel like a horrendous popularity compl- contest half the time. So yeah. the person, it's the, re- <laughs> but it, I'm, uh, mm, 
I don't know how much soapbox I should go, but if you put Gordon Brown and Tony Blair together and you judge them, my opinion, if you judge them as in you know politicians of integrity, Gordon Brown always trumps uh, Tony Blair. However, people, pref- people even after Iraq, people prefer Tony Blair and like Tony Blair because he was more charismatic. He can talk better. He had a nice smile. Well, Gordon Brown was Gordon Brown with his sad Gordon Brown I face. I want to be Prime Minister. Please let me be Prime Minister, Torn. Please. Right. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a question for you. Yeah. So, not all the people that you've listened, you think, oh, this person would be good, this person would be good. Mm. Off the top of your head, yeah. each, pick a fictional character who you think would completely... Uh, what's the word? Encompass, or even uh, uh, another person. Pick, pick a character. Pick yeah. a person. Pick in, you know it can be real. It could be you know, Pick someone who who you think would would lead you in the right direction. Uh, Jean Luc Picard. Jean Luc Picard. I was about to say that. Both of you, Jean Luc Picard. Yeah, Jean Luc Picard would be a fantastic leader. Right. Well, he is a fantastic leader. He's a captain. Uh, he's a great captain. I mean, I'm aware he's fictional, by the way, if anyone's listening to this. <laughs> 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 um, I think the thing with Picard, when you look at the Star Trek captains, is mm. basically, I think majority of the Star Trek captains do have their own particular flaws. I mean, obviously, Kirk's a womanizer and all that. Kirk sort of is a horrible character. Yeah. I mean, I've been re-watching the classic series, yeah. um, and I can't gel with it. It's mm. so of its time, and, and not in the best sense of the word, a sense of the phrase, uh, yeah. I just I cannot get behind Kirk, Picard, but and Cisco, definitely. And yeah. I, I like Janeway a lot, although she's definitely um, her leadership skills. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, really. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think when you when you look at the when you look at the captains, Picard stands out as, as the one because you because you just don't think of Picard doing anything horribly wrong. Well, the, f- the interesting thing about Jean-Luc Picard is that he is empathetic. Um, he Even his enemies, he extends a hand to. And he's a traditional diplomat in the fact that he, he's very much a... Well, to, to paraphrase Winston Churchill, like um, he, he's more George or less War War. And there's real humility there. But he, he, he does have flaws. He is quite a passionate character. And you know, he has suffered... I I I know it's not the most popular movie, but I have a real soft spot for Star Trek Generations. I don't mind Generations. I like. I I I think it's quite an underrated Star Trek movie. Yeah. um, First, it's no First Contact or uh, you know Wrath of Khan. First Contact is probably my favorite. First Contact is excellent. Um, in in fact, actually, speaking of Picard as a flawed person, the way he deals with the trauma in First Contact is really fascinating. He's that the redemption arc. you know, when he destroys his little ships, which mm. <laughs> is a, a beautiful little moment in what is you know, 90% of the movie is just a gunslinging action movie in space. It's also kind of horror as well. Oh, yeah. It's pushing the Borg. Oh, yeah. The Borg. the Borg are very terrifying. Anyway, so, so, so we've got, got a bit of a tangent there. Yeah, yeah. so we've got Picard. Parmy's kind of thinking, what I, could I say Gandalf? I don't Ooh. think, oh, no, 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 because Gandalf would not want to be. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Gandalf could have taken the one ring. But he would have been correct. He would have ended up like Saruman. Okay. Uh, but tell you who would be good. Samwise Gamgee. Oh, I don't know about that, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> Agriculture would. Oh, I don't know about that, Mr. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a potato. I look, like a, I look like a what? Uh, potato, Mr. Uh, Trump. I've I've got this this great advisor. <laughs> he's called <laughs> he's called Samwise Gamgee. He's I don't know. I think it's foreign. He's he's so brilliant. I think he's from it's New so Zealand. Wa- it's uh, so uh, wonderful. I've got listeners to know that they are doing the accompanying hand gestures. 
okay, so we've we've got Picard. We need a, we need another character at least to to. Can we go back to Doctor Who? Romana would be very good. If anyone's familiar, we with we him. need a character who's not corruptible. Batman. Batman. Uh, no, Batman. Uh, would, Batman would be way too black and white about things. Yeah, no. po- politics does need an, an element of nuance, and there are there are uh, uncomfortable grey areas. Mm. Superman. Uh, no, he would be a terrible dictator. Have you have you, have you not seen or heard <laughs> of Injustice? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I think superheroes are generally a bad idea. Okay, <laughs> when it comes to like involving in politics. Uh, yeah, because you definitely can't use Charles Xavier as well, because that would be oh. that'd be. You know, the, the only the only superhero I can think of who may probably make a half decent politician is Deadpool. How? <laughs> <laughs> He's quite a, a bit socially progressive, liberal, like and willing to kill the shit out of people who need to be killed. I mean, like it's a c- it's compromise. It's it's the best of the left, and not necessarily the best, but certainly a characteristic of the right, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> If we go, if we, oh, what about All Might from My Hero? Oh, Cham- champion of justice. Champion of justice. Well, if we go and animate, the symbol of peace. I am president. <laughs> oh, see, now you got me going. Now you got my justice boner. It's awake now. I just passed a, I just passed a new bill. Huzzah! <laughs> Stop it! It's pointing around. It's like, ooh. <laughs> right? Could you point that away from me, please? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so <not>. intimidated right <laughs> now. <laughs> Sorry, Kristen. You were going to interject. Well, I mean, if we're going to go anime specific, I, mean, I think Naruto would be a good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Because <laughs> he's got he's got that infectious energy, and like, and he, you know, he he's. But what about his son, Burrito? I don't know anything about the spin-off. I, I didn't even realise Boruto was the son of Naruto. <laughs> Boruto, son! I generally thought it was fan fiction at first. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's so lazy, they've just changed the name. And, and to our listeners, I know he's not called Burrito, but it's just the easiest way I remember. I, I, guys, 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 I've got the perfect fictional character who I would love to be our Prime Minister, President, King of the Universe. Blint, the time detective. No... <laughs> I, I was I was gonna say Steven Universe. I still have yet. To I've see not seen it. God, watch Steven Universe. It's so good. Oh. He is, he is he's a cap. He, he's well. Fascinating thing about the Steven character is that he does. He is. Ve- he starts off very pure, and as he gets older and learns the more again the more nuanced complex complexity complexities of life, he. Never loses his empathy for other people, even antagonists, and he never loses his um, empathy towards those who wish him harm. Um, and he never loses his childlike wonder of the world and his belief that people can be better and that we can do the w- you know, the world can be a better place. And he it does achieve that, interestingly enough, through this um, through the series. But it, it never it never comes across as particularly naive, which is an interesting. Uh, it was a tricky thing to do. I feel like uh, Finn, the, Finn the human has a similar character arc actually in Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Finn would be a good leader actually. Jake the dog wouldn't. No, <laughs> no, he would just make bacon pancakes. He'd be a crap leader. Why? Why would he be a crap leader? He's he's done nothing but uh, help nurture and guide Finn as he's gone along. He's a father of what? Seven or eight kids? He's a terrible dad. He practically abandons them straight away. I mean, yeah. But when he 
does father thi- okay fine bad example <laughs> bad example Ano- another bad fictional politician is princess bubblegum how about if we leave adventure time and see the universe and we think more in the robot side of things what about optimus prime oh you mean john wayne no <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well, he's no 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 he's not he's the not character is a john wayne impersonation okay I'm sorry. Oh I, yeah, I, he was. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can't get behind Transformers. I hate Transformers. It's it was never good. But Prime and our united and our, the humans and the robots. Just plummet. <laughs> what into the negatives? <laughs> I tell you, which Transformers character would be a good leader? Starscream. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking suits a crown. I mean, look. I'm I'm leader of the Decepticon. <laughs> I wear a crown. <laughs> Doing that voice. That's very good. <laughs> I don't, you need to do your Leonard Nimoy. You know, like, is this bad comedy? <laughs> I can't do Leonard Nimoy. Uh, no, but you can do Orson Welles. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I think we, we're going to have to hold the political debate for there for now. Um, yes, yeah, so we're, g- we're bringing this episode to a close. So thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Trivial Titans. If you want to email us, you can do by sending emails to trivialtitans at bunkerzilla.co.uk and don't forget you can visit bunkerzilla.co.uk to submit your questions to Trivial Titans. We could be answering your question on a future episode. But until next time, I've been Ian Bolton and... I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's... I think we've already mentioned it at the start of this episode today, but uh, if this goes out when we originally planned for it to go out uh, in the first place, we just want to stress again to you the importance of your votes. Uh, make a difference in your life, for your country, for this generation and future generations to come. Change comes from us. It's our time. Let's make the most of it. But back into the jokey parts. This is M. Bison with Hank Scorpio and Doctor Who. Hello. Ask me if I'm going to run for president. Are you, are you going to run for president? Of course! Uh, and on that we're going to say goodbye thank you very much for joining us we'll see you next time Christian do you have any last words for our listeners Uh, it's not great a bit of bad news Um... thanks for listening remember to subscribe and follow us on social media we'll see you soon for the next exciting trivial episode of Trivial Titans Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.